You say, there's nothing good about me. No, 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 no. Listen, when the, when the father ran to his son, he put a, a ring on his hand, a robe on his feet, robe on his back, shoes on his feet. This, my son, was dead and is alive again. Nothing like the father's love. Amen. And we thank the Lord for it. Thank you, Nate. Thank you for the message and song. Let's go to Esther chapter 8, if you would, with me in the word of God. We're working our way through this wonderful chapter. And with the help of the Holy Ghost, Perhaps we'll finish this chapter tonight and get on moving to chapter number nine in due season. Esther chapter number eight. How many of you thankful for the Bible tonight? God's holy word. We're going to pick up in verse number 13. Esther chapter number eight, and we're going to read verse number 13. The copy of the writing for a commandment to be given in every province was published unto all people. That the Jews should be ready against that day to avenge themselves on their who? Enemies. So the posts that rode upon the mules and camels went out. Being what? Hasten and pressed. Hurry this thing up. Owned by the king's commandment. And the decree was given at Shushan, the palace. How many know that sometimes people only listen to stuff when it comes from the right headquarters? And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel of blue and white. Isn't it good to see Mordecai looking like that? Back in chapter number 3, the Bible says, And Haman saw that Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence. Then was Haman full of wrath. Verse 4 of chapter 3 says that when Haman went walking out, Mordecai would not bow down. Verse number 2 says, Mordecai bowed not, nor did him reverence in the king's court. Chapter number 3, he's refusing to bow down to somebody who should not be bowed down to. Come, come on now, Christian. Quit bowing down to people that you shouldn't be bowing down to. Now, Mordecai's not going to do it. His life's going to get threatened. And the next several chapters are going to constitute a wicked man trying to wipe out a man for righteousness. I'll tell you what's wrong with Christians in America in 2023. They're too scared of evil, so they quit doing right. And Mordecai decides, I'm going to do right in chapter number three. Now watch this. Now, what chapter are we in tonight? Listen, can you do right for five chapters? Can you wait on the Lord to take you to the same spot where you refuse to bow down to now be the spot where you're riding from and people are bowing down to you? Character counts. And here we are back to number 15 of chapter 8. He went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel in blue and white. And with a what? Great crown of what? It ain't plastic. Gold. Garment of what kind of linen? Fine linen and purple. Revaluable. And the city of Shushan did what? And was when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, the Bible says. Verse 16, I like it. 
The Jews had what? And, and, and. Let's go back, verse 16 again. The Jews had and, and, and. Them, they all run together. First one they had was what? Yeah. I found a lot of people looking for gladness, joy, and honor, but they don't have light. You know what comes with light? Gladness, joy, and honor. Amen. There's something about having light. God is, and in him there is no darkness at all. And nobody ever honors me. You get in the light. And in every province, in every city, 17, with us of the king's commandment and decree came. The Jews had joy and gladness. Are you seeing what's connected here? In every place where this decree that the Jews would not be destroyed came, in every province where this decree went forth from the king to reverse his order that the Jews would not be destroyed. In every province where God's people were, were preserved, there was joy and glad. Let me tell you something. There's just something that goes together with the word of God and joy and gladness. A feast and a good day. Christian people get happy. They like to eat too. And many of the people of the land became Jews for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. Let the church say amen. Father, add thy blessing to the reading of your word. Cleanse me of sin, empty me of self, and fill me with your spirit. I pray that you do a work in the service through me and in all of us for thy glory and our good. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Talk to me. God is. Come on. God is what? God is what? One more time. God is what? Say amen if you believe it. He's at work. <laughs> even when you can't see it, even when you can't feel it, even when people are trying to deny it, you got to know something about God. He's working behind the scenes. So, so stay on stage. And do what you're supposed to do because God is always doing what he's supposed to do. And we're finding this out in the life of Esther and Mordecai, representative of the Jews, the people of God. Now remember, we are, we are in the book of Esther and we know what has happened with the people of Israel. And we see how they're ending up in this land of Persia. But let's, let's not forget that meanwhile, while this little story is going on in the Old Testament, there's a big picture that has to happen. These Jews cannot be annihilated. They cannot be destroyed. We, we, we look, we can't lose the Jews in Esther because we need the Jews to still be around come Matthew because Jesus is going to be born a Jew. So the promises of God are not contingent on the actions of other people. Listen to me now. God will keep his word. If you agree with that, say amen. Now, you will make sure that when he does, you're a part of it, that you're at use, that he's doing something through you, that, that, that when he keeps his promise and he performs what he said he's going to do and he, and he shows up like he says he's going to show up, you want to make sure that you're, you're, you're on the stage and, and you're filling your role, you're reading your lines, you're, you're, you're according to the script as it has been. You don't want to get reading the wrong script when trials come. Listen to me, stick to the script because God is doing what? Working behind the scene. Now, we're watching now this 
effective proclamation. We talked about this last week. All of a sudden, this man Haman who came up with a plan and a plot to destroy the Jews, he gets exposed, he gets hung on the gallows that he created to hang Mordecai on, and all of a sudden, his stuff gets given and deeded to Esther. She gets his house, she gets his stuff, she gets his inheritance, and now in chapter number 8, the king who wrote a decree, because this is what Haman got him to do, is now taking off his ring saying to Mordecai and Esther, you write the decree, you put my name on it, I'll stamp it with my ring because now that God has revealed his plan, I'm getting behind you. Listen to me, isn't it amazing that when God gets behind you, he can take heathen folk who don't even know him and use them to be a blessing to his own people. What a God. And so we're watching this authorized capability, this granted privilege given to her, this generous preference given to them to do what they want to do, this actualized copy of this decree, this advanced circulation. He says, I want it to be sent out everywhere and get on these animals and go take it out everywhere. We saw this authentic certification. It's, it's written by Mordecai, but it's got the king's seal on it. Listen to me. You know you're getting blessed when those in authority are letting you write the law and stamping it with their seal. Hey, King, King Hazard said, I don't even need to use the language. I don't even need to. But listen, it doesn't even really matter what I want. You do what you want to do and I'll stamp it. Listen, you get right with God. The king's heart's in the hand of the Lord as the rivers of water. He turneth it with us so he will. God can fix your boss. He can fix the government. He can fix the president. He can fix the co- Listen to me. God can do what he wants to do. You just got to make sure you do what you're supposed to do. The amazing covering of these Jews. Wow. Verse 10, he wrote a letter sealed with the king's ring, sent it on the post horseback. Verse 11, here's the covering. He granted the Jews which were in every city to gather themselves together to stand for their life, to destroy, to slay, to cause, to perish all the power of the people and the province that would assault them, both little ones and women, and to take the spoil of them for a prey. Listen to me. God shut it down. Say it with me. God shut it down. Say it again. God shut it down. How many have served the Lord long enough to know what it feels like to be under attack? Come on now. To know what it feels like to be engaged in the depths of spiritual warfare. Listen to me. Those of you that are single that want to get married, rest assured your marriage will be under attack. Just like your single life is under, those teenagers that are in the building in the month of June on a Wednesday night trying to live for God, trying to stay pure, trying to walk the straight and narrow, trying to walk into the purpose of God for your life, trying to experience destiny ahead of you. Please understand there's a target on your back. The devil is a liar. He's a destroyer. He's a thief that cometh to kill, to steal, and to destroy. He wants to sift you as wheat. He wants to ruin your testimony. He wants to snatch you out of being in your potential for God. He wants to mess up your mind. He wants to distract you from God's will. He wants to get you to doubt God's word like he did Adam and Eve. He wants to get you focusing on all the wrong things instead of keeping your eyes on God. There is a plot that is on your life. There is a plan to destroy you. There's a world that's against you. There's a flesh in it dwelleth no good thing. There's all kinds of demons out in this world that we wrestle against, not flesh and blood, but spiritual wickedness in high places. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I, if we live long enough, must understand there is a plan to destroy us, but I'm glad that we got a God in heaven that knows how to cover 
cover us, and he can shut it down. Well, the absolute commandment. Look at verse 12. Upon one day in all the prophets, one day, one day, one day, one day. Listen to me. This, this plan of Haman was going for a long time, but in one day God shut it down. Aren't you glad God can, can shut down in one day what took people a lot of days to plan? Ahasuerus named it on the 13th day, 12th month, which is the month of Adar. The copy of the writing for a commandment, absolute commandment. Ahasuerus didn't send it out as a suggestion. He didn't send it out as an option. He didn't send it out as a wise recommendation. He sent it out as a commandment. Don't nobody mess with the Jew. Listen to me. You serve God. Listen to me. When you serve God and you're in the will of God, you are indestructible until God is done with you. Nobody can mess with you if you're right with God. Verse 14, the post that rode upon the mules and camels went out. 14, the accelerated conveyance. Get it out there. Being hastened and pressed on by the king's commandment. And the decree was given at Shushan the palace. It was hastened and pressed on. I mean, it was moved out quickly. Now look at verse 15. And Mordecai went out from the presence of the king in royal apparel. So we just talked about it a minute ago. The appropriate coronation. Now, last week we talked about this for a minute, and I want us to be reminded of it. The coronation of this man is appropriate. There's nobody in this text who is more appropriately crowned to ride through town, celebrate it like he is, than Mordecai. In due season we shall reap if we faint. Look, 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 look. you can't carry that crown on your head until you're first willing to carry that cross on your back. Some of you think, I don't, I don't see Mordecai carrying a cross. Yes, he was. You know what your cross is? It's, it's what God has given you to bear. It's, it's the burden you're supposed to carry. It's, it's the life you're supposed to live. It's the commitment you're supposed to maintain. It's, it's the character you're supposed to sustain. Now listen to me. We've all got a different cross to carry. We work different jobs. We live in different zip codes. We have different trials. You go to different schools. You're facing different tests. But ladies and gentlemen, you've got to make up your mind. God would not give me more than I can handle. And God knew Mordecai was in Persia. He knew Esther would be in the palace. He knew about Haman. He knew about Ahasuerus. He knew about the decree. He knew about the plot. But look what he said in, in Chronicles. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth, seeking for those whose hearts are perfect toward him, that he might show himself strong on their behalf. I'm trying to tell you in June of 2023, he's looking for somebody who will just make up his mind regardless of what they say, regardless of how they threaten me regardless of the stakes, regardless of the pressure, regardless of the consequences. I'm going to do right because God's got my back. You got to believe that. Somebody say amen tonight. And there he is. Oh, what a day. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. There's nobody in all of that land that's feeling what Mordecai's feeling. Nobody. Nobody can feel what you feel when you're crowned for something that at one point you were cursed for. That's the Christian life. It ebbs and flows. 
Listen, it depends on what kingdom you're working for. See, those from the other kingdom will curse you for doing right. But see, see, listen to me. What they curse you for, God will crown you for. And, and, and I'm finding out that the pain tolerance level of average Christians is so low. We can't take much. I've never seen so many people talking about persecution. What do you call a persecution? Traffic? I'm just under a whole lot of persecution. I tried to give somebody a track and they wouldn't take it. That's what you call persecution? Listen, I'll tell you what persecution is. When they're building gallows to hang you. When they're plotting to destroy you. When they're in with the king to annihilate you. When there's a genocide on your people. That's what we call person. Now let me ask you a question. If God could take a people that was set to be hung and destroyed and delivered. Don't you think he can do something with that crazy boss and them people on your job? It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not about God can't do it. It's not about it can't be done. It's about he's looking for somebody whose heart is perfect toward him. Some, I, I find there's so many Christians today that, Pastor, I'm under so much pressure and I find myself bending and bowing to the wrong thing and, and I find myself compromising and, and, and I was doing right, but it's, it's so hard. I mean, I can't, if I had a dollar for every time a Christian says to me, it's so hard. It, it's, it's so hard. I'll tell you what was hard. Calvary. When we begin to recite over and over in our heads how hard the Christian life is, there's too much of I in the process. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Stop trying so hard to be a good Christian and learn how to trust God and let him be a good Christian through you. This is what Mordecai did. It's, it's, it's not about how difficult the crisis is. And we're not belittling how difficult crises are. But ladies and gentlemen, you've got to trust God just as much on the mountain as you do down in the valley. Because it still takes God to live the Christian life. And there he is. Crown of gold. Apparel of blue and white. Garment of fine linen and I mean, good gracious, he's decked out in it. Did you hear that? He's got clothes blue and white. He's got a crown of gold and he's got a garment of fine linen and purple. Watch this now. And the city of Shushan rejoiced and was glad. Not only was there an appropriate coronation, but there was an abundant celebration. Everybody was happy. Now listen to me now. I know what people are thinking. They think that there's happiness in doing what they want to do. They think there's happiness in sinning by their own volition. They think there's happiness when there's no rule, there's no law, there's nobody telling you what to do. Listen to me, young person. You think you're happy when you can go when you want to go, stay out as late as you want to stay out, do what you want to do, date who you want to date, listen to what you listen to me. That's what the devil wants you to think, that you're going to be happy when you're free. Listen to me. The free freer you are, the more foolish you are. 
Mordecai is experiencing joy and the rest of the city is experiencing joy, not because they did what they wanted to do, but because they did what God wanted. May there be a generation of Christians in this last generation before Jesus comes that will discover the greatest joy I'll ever experience in my life is when I give my will to God and let his will become mine. I'll never enjoy life any more than when I'm obedient to a God who has my best interests at heart. He's looking for me. He's not up in heaven with a doll sticking it trying to make me miserable. He didn't write a Bible trying to see how bad he could make life be for us. He's not up there trying to come up with rules just to make us bored. Let me tell you something. God said the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but I'm coming that you might have life and have it more. But listen, there's nobody on planet earth that wants you happier than God does in heaven. The abundant celebration. The Jews had light, gladness, joy, and honor. What a blessing it was. The same people who had a doom over top of their heads, who had a decree that was set to destroy them. Do you, ladies and gentlemen, we're just a few chapters earlier, and Haman is licking his lips, and his wife and, and the rest of the people are about ready to wipe out Mordecai and wipe out the Jews, and Esther is scared to death at whether or not the king's going to hold out the golden scepter. Hey, let me tell you something. Everything changes when God turns things around, and now we've got a man who had a target on his back, and now he's the man riding in town. And let me tell you something. When he's riding in town, it's not just good for Mordecai to ride through town, but every single one of those people that knew that there was a decree that went out to destroy him, they're now watching him ride through town. And everybody in Persia looks up and says, that's the same guy that wouldn't bow down. That's the same guy that wouldn't listen to Haman. That's the same guy that stood up for what was right. That's the guy that was fasting and praying. That's the guy that was in sackcloth and ashes. Don't you remember that chapter when he was laying sackcloth and ashes, Esther chapter 4? And Esther was so embarrassed, she sent word to him, you can't do that at the palace court. You don't wear sackcloth and ashes down at the palace. And there's so many words she was saying, Mordecai, get out of there. You're embarrassing me. Let me tell you something. Nobody's calling Mordecai wrong now when he's riding with that royal robe. And that there's a whole lot of people that will mock your Christianity when you're by yourself. There'll be the same people cheering for you when you're crowned. What a blessing. The abundant celebration. Let me give you this thought and then we'll, we'll close. The attractive compulsion. I, I want you to notice the draw of Mordecai. Th this fella's exposure. Mordecai riding through town. I'm talking about the crown. I'm talking about the blue and white apparel. I'm talking about the fine linen of purple. I'm talking about the gladness, the joy, and the honor. Look at 17, verse 17, look with me. And in every province, and in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and decree came, the Jews had joy and Wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. They, they're getting ready to die a few chapters ago. And now everywhere they are, there is joy and glad. I'm just trying to tell somebody it pays to be a Christian. 
you are not going to spend your whole life under the, under the gun and miserable and drowning and begging. and Listen to me. I'm just telling you, you do right for long enough, it's going to turn around and you're going to experience joy. And the problem is we don't have a lot of patience. Feast on a good day. Here's where I want to close tonight. Bottom of verse 17. And many of the people of the land became Jews. Did you hear what I said? I said this is an attractive compulsion. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. And I want you to hear this tonight. Authentic. Genuine. Bona fide Christianity in any culture will always be attractive to somebody. You got to believe that. Because, see, there's a whole bunch of people sitting in the building tonight and a whole bunch of people tuning in, a whole bunch of people that are Christians that are going, well, you know, I don't want, I don't want to say it too loud and, and I don't want to do it out in front of folk and, and I, I don't want to get this track up in this line because, you know, a lot of people don't think like us and, you know, we start saying that Christian stuff. A lot of people going to look at you. Look, 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 look. See, that's the problem. You just got to live Jesus. Listen, listen. Live Jesus long enough so that the audience can watch Jesus turn things around and the same people that knock you for being a Christian, watch this now, when God starts doing things, we'll convert to Christianity. Many of the people of the land became Jews. Now watch this now. Ethnically, they can't change their nationality, right? So clearly the text is not saying they were born a Gentile and they just switched to being a Jew. That's not possible. But here's what I'm saying. Mordecai made being a Jew look so good that a bunch of Persians wanted to be Jews too. Now I'm trying to send you home thinking, have you ever lived the Christian life in such a way that you make heathen folk want to convert to Christianity? How, how does he do that? How does, how, how does he get people in a land where he's a foreigner become proselytes of the Jews? All of a sudden, they couldn't change their ethnicity, but their practices. Now, all of a sudden, they started practicing the traditions and the habits of the Jews. Watch this now. Simply because they watched a man personify Christianity. Different age, different genre, different generation. We're Christians, not you. Listen, I'm talking about principles. Mordecai lived the Christian life so successfully, he made non-Christians want to change into I'm just wondering, if you'd spend less time trying to be like your job and spend more time being like Jesus, there might be a whole lot of people on your job that want to be like you. Less time trying to be like all your friends. More time being like Jesus. There might be a whole lot more of your friends want to be like you. Less time trying to keep up with the Joneses. More time trying to keep up with Jesus. There'd be more of your family members want to be like. We are watching before our eyes. 
people that once mocked Mordecai change into people that mimic him. There's only one way to turn your mockers into mimickers. You got to live the Christian life. And there's nothing more powerful, ladies and gentlemen, than a godly testimony. The resulting conversion, and watch this now, the respectable connotation. Look at verse 17. Many of the people of the land became Jews. Last statement. For the what? Fear what? For the fear of the what? Fell what? Anybody know what another word for fear is in the Bible? Huh? Respect, yeah, reverence. Hey, watch this now. The Bible says, many of the people of the land became Jews for the fear of the Jews fell apart. Watch this now. Mordecai calls Persians to want to become Jews because the way he lived his Jewish life before them caused a respect to be associated with the people that said, when God's mind come down, we don't want to be on the wrong side of his people. Now, you got to live God long enough for people to say that. What's wrong with you? You don't never cuss. What's wrong with you? You always going to church. What's wrong with you? You always carrying that Bible. What's wrong with you? You always telling me to stop saying dirty jokes. What's wrong with you? You always bringing up the, you weird, you crazy, you old-fashioned, you, you outdated. Don't nobody want to be around you. And then you live long enough and your prayers start getting answered and the blessings of God come upon you and you learn how to stay faithful when the loved one passes away. And you, you're faithful enough to God when your financial crisis coming and you go through calamity and you keep on praising God and they watch the favor of God. They watch you go from being mocked to being mimicked and all of a sudden people say, you know what? When it comes time to choose a side, I'm standing with the Jews because clearly God's on their side. What a testimony. What a testimony. And I wonder how many Christian people today have that kind of testimony that motivates people to move from mockers to mimickers, from heathens to Christians. Mordecai did not do that from the palace. Come on now. He did that when he was just out there being a regular person. And it's what got him into the palace. Do right when you're a nobody so that God can trust you with being a somebody. Our Father, we thank you for your word. Use it and bless it for your glory. Pastor God has spoken to me. And in my seat in this Bible study tonight. I want my Christian life to move people to want to be a Christian. Pray for me. God spoke to me. Would you, would you raise your hand all over the building? God bless you. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, yeah. You got to stand, child of God. Some of you are going through something tonight. It's becoming more and more difficult from the world's perspective to stand. 
But I'm telling you, people are watching. And only consistency moves people to real change. Only consistency. Nobody wants to be like you when you can't even figure to be like you all the time. Thank you, Lord. Bless, guide, and direct. Thank you for the word. Help us to keep living. We love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give God the praise for being in God's house tonight.